All right, so you all be seated. We have a guest speaker today. Not really a guest because he actually goes to this church. All right, so our guest speaker today is Dr. Huang, or An Huang, or Bob, or Wayne, as he is uh, more lovingly known, is one of, the, um, of our five elders here. He's been serving here at TLC for over three decades, seeing in need for the second generation of our church so many years ago, he established the English ministry out of the living room of his home. He's married to his lovely wife, Jitu, and have uh, five children whom he raised up here in this community. His favorite pastime is trolling all the children of TLC. So, Bob. All righty. Thank you, guys. Um, yes, I'm Pastor Tony, and no, just kidding. Uh, I am privileged to be up here, and some of you uh, may or may not know me. Um, like I said, uh, my name is Huang. I'm also go by Wayne, and I'm one of the elders of the church, and I, I haven't had a chance to be up here in a long time, but I think the reason that Tony did this was just uh, to give an example of what uh, an elder is supposed to do, because some of you guys are going to be elders, and some of you guys are going to be standing up here. So, um, you know, being an elder is not like being an old person. You know that, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it has to do with, like, uh, your spiritual maturity and your willingness uh, to serve um, and uh, different roles in the church. You know, the elders do many different things. And, you know, one of the roles that elders are supposed to do is teach. Okay. And so that's why I'm up here. It's an example of what an elder does. And, and the nice thing is for you future elders is that... Um, the, the Bible said that you're supposed to teach, but it doesn't ever say that you have to do it well, okay? So, so that's, a, that's a nice thing. And um, um, I think I have a, an hour and a half to do this here to, this morning, so it's going to be fun. We'll be together uh, for a while, um, right? No? Okay. Okay. Um, so let's get started. Uh, Tony's been talking in the past four weeks about, you know, who is the church. And so today we'll be talking in Ephesians 4, 25 through 5, 7. And we're talking about a new life. What is it, you know, that, you know, when we are marked by the truth and uh, we are, it's, it's kind of different here. It's like I don't get to control the PowerPoint. So next. <laughs> Okay, and so, so we're talking about the identity of his church here, and that we are his people, that we are marked by truth, we are created to display his divinity, we are made to be intensely, intimately, intentionally united to one another, and we are to be strengthened by power uh, through his Holy Spirit. And what we want to do today, you know, next slide, is to talk about if we have all of those things. You know, what does it look like? What does our life look like when we're living a new life and we are marked by him? I'll start off, uh, off with a prayer here. Lord, just thank you, Lord, that uh, you live within us and that uh, the work that you do in us allows us, Lord, to live a new life, to be a life that is filled with grace and love 
And it's not something, Lord, that we can do on our own, Lord, but that is something, Lord, that as you work through your love and grace in us, that we will be able to express that, Lord. So in this morning, I ask and pray for your grace and pray for your wisdom in the words and that you work in the hearts of everyone here, including me, Lord, as you are teaching from uh, your word uh, in all the times, Lord, that you have given to us. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay. So, one of the first things is that when you are marked by God, is that you live a life of love. Okay? So, this is the main characteristics of someone who is living a life that is full of the Holy Spirit, that is marked by Him. And, and this is a different kind of love that, you know, that we may think of. It's not the romantic love. It's, it's a love that is characterized by, first of all, a sacrifice that someone has made. And that person is Jesus, right? It, it's, it's characterized by not how much you feel for someone, or how much you care for someone, but it's because, you know, it's love that you have for other people, love that you have for yourself, love that you have for the world because of what Jesus has done, okay? He gave his life, and he did it so that way he can show his love to the world and by being obedient. And so that's the first thing is that you got to remember is that your life is an outflow of what God has done, not because of what you're trying to do. And so what does that look like, you know, when you, have, when you are a vessels of God and you have this love that you have to live out? The first thing is that, well, you know, it's, it's about how you treat other people, okay? It's not about, you know, what love is, is how much feeling you have. But one of the first thing is that, oh, you know, the way that you treat one another. And the first thing in this verse, it, it said is that it's very simple. I love the Bible because sometimes it's, it's very straightforward. The first thing it said is in verse 25 is don't lie. Okay. Tell the truth. Okay. Very simple. Why is that? Well, it's because, you know, lying and telling the truth has to do with building trust. And that's the whole part is that, you know, to flourish, to help people to flourish, you got to have trust. That's one of the most fundamental part of being in a relationship, okay? If you don't have trust, it's hard to grow that relationship. You know, you're always going to be questioning you're always going to be wondering, okay, can I trust that person to be loyal to me? Can I trust that person to care for me? Can I trust that person to love me regardless of what I do? Okay, so, so when you lie, you destroy that trust. You know, it's, um, it, it's like when you, you have an affair, you destroy that trust. Many of you are in relationship or... You know, you're at the beginning of marriage, and trust has to be, you know, one of the things that your relationship is built on. And the first thing that will destroy that relationship and that trust is if you lie, okay? So don't lie, you know, don't uh, tell the truth, okay? It, it allows the relationship any time. 
whether, you know, relationship with another person, but even, you know, at work. If they can trust you at work, what do they do? So they give you more responsibility, but that's, that's a different thing, okay? <laughs> Is that, you know, how do you get, you know, Tony always talked about, you get a flourish, you know, you know, as a part of being a Christian, that you flourish everywhere. And, and what of the part that helps you to flourish, not in your relationship, in your personal relationship at work, is, you know, being trustworthy, okay? Don't lie, so that way people can trust you. Um, people feel safe, they feel accepted, and, you know, when they can trust you, that leads to a deeper connection, okay, and a deeper love. And uh, one of the other part about, you know, personal relationship is, uh, the Bible talks about here in the next part, and sometimes people would give a whole sermon on anger and what to do with anger, okay? And, and the part about anger is that it, it doesn't say that you can't be angry. It's okay to be angry. It's just said that don't let anger control you so you don't sin, okay? How does anger control you? Well, it's, it's, it's because, you know what, when you're angry at someone and you keep it and you think about it and you stew on it, what does it lead to? Lots of bitterness, resentment, you know, not loving anymore. You're just thinking, you know, how mad you are, right? And how you're going to treat that person, what you're going to say to that person. Right? Being angry makes you deal with someone very differently, you know, than when you are filled with love. Because, you know, you are trying to get back at that person now. You're not trying to be encouraging, okay? You're trying to take revenge. So that the Bible said, you know what? Don't, don't let anger control you. And if you're angry with someone, work it through. Listen to them, right? Okay? Don't let it... Yeah, you know, don't let anger live with you to the next day, okay? That's, that's a very good advice if you're thinking about a relationship or marriage, okay? I, I'm very lucky because, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to remember, okay? <laughs> it's very hard to, for me to remember things. And so that's why, you know, I, I, I remember there was one time. There's a couple times, you know, I get angry. I mean, in a relationship, you always get angry, right? There's things, I mean, nobody's perfect. You is a lovely person, but, you know, she's, she's not the greatest uh, wife. And so, and so I get angry at her sometime. And I, I remember, I, I have such a short memory that one time I, I try to stay angry, right? I try to stay angry. And... Um, uh, overnight, and, you know, the next day is like, I want to be angry so I can be mean to her, right? That's the whole idea is that, you know, you get this feeling, but it was so hard because it didn't do anything. It, 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 you know, it didn't do anything for me. And that's what anger is, is that, you know, it, it actually didn't help you in any way, right, to be angry at another person. It, it actually caused more problem for yourself than anything, Okay. And, and so anger tends to destroy you, but it doesn't help you in the relationship with the other person at all. And so when you are angry with someone, 
Okay? You can let it go, or you can work it out to see what you need to do to resolve whatever it is that you're angry about. And um, it, and the, the next part is, you know, in dealing with other people is, uh, I, I like this part a lot, you know, and it's about uh, being generous, okay? And um, so, so in treating other people, you know, there is this part about not holding in, not being bitter with them, not being angry with them, you know, being kind to them. But this is the next part, is being generous. And what being generous is that you're actually trying to give yourself away. You know, as you're filled with this Holy Spirit and, you know, you're filled with this love and compassion and kindness, you know, you're supposed to give it away, right? And giving it away... Giving a part of you away doesn't mean um, that you give away just your money, but it's giving away a part of your words, your feelings, your emotion to the people around you. You have to be generous, you know, not only uh, with what you make, but in, in this particular verse, it, it talks about, you know, don't steal, don't be a thief. But to me, that means you got to work. Work hard, and why do you work? Is so that way you can support yourself, you can support other people also. You know, in um, in this sense, it's um, it's kind of unusual to say this, but you know, we as a culture we value saving very much, right? I mean, I think um, we say. You know, uh, I don't know, your parents always say, don't spend all your money, save your money, save up to buy a house, save up to buy a car, save up for children, save up for your marriage. There's always saving, right? Is it possible to save too much? Yeah, it is. But the, the part about being, you know, saving is that who is that saving for? You know, it, it's all about you. Is saving when you save, you're just, you know, being greedy, okay? You, you can over-save. I'm not saying that you shouldn't save. You should, right? But the whole part is that you can save so much that you think it's all about you and what you need rather than what other people need and what you can do with that money. Right? It's always, I'm hoarding money. That's another word for saving, is I'm hoarding. You know, what has God, God has given me, it's all for me, okay, when I'm saving. And it's considered to be a good thing to save. Yes, it is. But it could be also at the same time, you know, that you are not trusting God for his provision. You are just trusting yourself for the future, Okay? And not to say again that you shouldn't save and put in your 401k and try to get a pension or anything like that. But how much is it that it's for you? And how much is it that you're willing to put your trust in God for your future? Okay? So be generous. Give yourself away. Give some of your wealth away. Give what God has given to you away. So that way you can trust in him. And so that way you can learn to trust 
that God will provide for you. Another way um, that you can give yourself away is through your words, okay? We, that the way that we speak is the way that we think, right? Whatever we think in our heads, usually we speak through those things. And the words that we say comes from us, and it is a part of us when you say something. Obviously, you know, when you're uh, abusive, when you are telling lies, when you're slandering, you know, you're not being a reflection of who God is and what is living inside of you. That's very true, right? You know that, okay? Because you are, you know, the thoughts that you have, you know, is a reflection of who you are and what is God doing in you. You know, in previous verses, it says you have to change your mind, okay? And change your mind about who you are, change your mind about who is in control of you. And so when the words come out, does it reflect the new person or not? Okay? And, and, and one of the most, you know, common things that we do is that we think about ourselves and the words that we say, you know, are not uplifting, are not encouraging. And why is that? Well, it's, it's because we, we think about ourselves a lot. You know, we worry about what people think of us. You know, we worry about how people will view us. When I stand up here, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know it, but I'm terrified. Okay? You know, this is another, I, I'm very anxious, right? And, and uh, I, I'm always afraid of what I'm saying. Okay? It's amazing. If you know me in high school, I, I'm a true nerd in the bad way, not the good way these days, you know, people are talking to you now. Okay? I, I uh, yeah, I, 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 was, I, um, I was on many teams in high school, but they're called the science and math team. Okay, and, and in the old days, you know, that, that wasn't a very cool thing, okay? But, you know, you, you start to worry about yourself, and you stand and you say, how could I talk about other people, and how can I encourage other people? Well, you can do it when God is living inside of you, and your identity is not in who you are and what you do, but it's more about, you know, what you can do for other people. And your words are, can be encouraging to other people and lift them up. And that's another way that you can give part of yourself away. And so that way it leads to, again, another way to flourish. Not only at home, but in your workplace, right? Where you're playing in sports. And whatever you do. Okay? When you're encouraging people, you are, you know, causing people, you're making things to flourish. Okay? So it's not just about money, it's not just about time, but it's about words, you know, that can cause flourishing, and it's an outflow of who you are. Um, that the, the last thing that, you know, in as far as, you know, thinking about how you treat other people and, you know, what to do with people besides building trust and, 
you know, being generous is um, it's having a standard, okay? What is your standards for living? What is your standards for how you live, okay? Who, who is going to give that standards to you? It, somebody's going to do it. it. Is it, you know, the world, it's the media, it's TikTok, it's whatever, right, okay? It's the way that you dress. How do you dress? How do you know, okay? And, and that's the part where, once again, it goes back to who you think you are identifying with, and what are you going to be your standards? You know, in your speech, in the way that you deal with people. It, it's the part is that people, you know, are, are actually image bearers. So, so they are a reflection of God. Everyone is. And how are you going to deal with people? How are you going to treat with people? Depends on your standards and what you think of who they are. And so it, it's not that they're just simply bodies and zombies, but they actually, you know, carry a part of God in them. So when you're cussing, when you are effing them, you know, it, in some way, you are effing the image of God here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right? Would you do that? <laughs> and, 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 and the F word carries, you know, so much feelings. But then again, for many uh, of you or some of us, you know, you should widen your vocabulary, okay, to other words than the F word. So that way you hate someone, you disgust me, I'm so mad at you, rather than just, you know, F you for everything. Okay, so, so standards in the way that we think and we talk, okay, and uh, we, 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 again, we are trying to flourish, produce flourish and create and flourish into wherever, wherever we are, okay, even when we're meeting someone and even when we're angry with someone and upset with someone, okay, how are we going to show that we have the living God living inside of us, okay? And, and that's one way is, hey, you know what? These are the things that I'm not going to do. You know, these are the words that I'm not going to use. Just because it's for me, it's a, there's no sin maybe in not using it, but is it the best thing? And it does it show, you know, express, you know, what God is doing in me. And, and the other way, obviously, is, you know, not only with our words, but the Bible talks here about our sexual standards, okay? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm not going to spend any time on it. But once again, you know, sex, the way that we use sex, the way that we have sex, is a reflection of what is inside of us and, you know, how we live that life out and what our standards will be you know, for sex. Because sex isn't not just for us. It's for other people also. It's for the people. It's for the person that we're with and how it's going to, you know, do and how it's going to affect them. So we, we, we have to enjoy sex. We have to, you know, because sex is created, you know, for us. But at the same time, we want to have standards for sex also.
Uh, and the last thing that I'm going to talk about, hmm, I'm getting tired, right? I don't know how Tony does this twice. <laughs> 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 like, you know, and looking at down here, you know, I see some people. And, and, and I, I tell them, you know, people that, you know, it's okay if you fall asleep, okay? I, I like it because actually at least I did something for you today, okay? <laughs> Just, you know, you don't have to laugh at me, but, you know, at least I gave you some rest, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I may not have, you know, encouraged you in any way, but at least peace and contentment comes through the word that I spoke today. So feel free, you know, we're about, you know, 10 minutes away, and, you know, if, it's, if, if you just can't stand it anymore and you just need to take some such shut eyes, it's all right. Rest, my brothers and sister. Rest, okay? Uh, how are we going to do all of this, right? It's tough, okay? You know, you got these high, you got these pure and holy standards that you're supposed to aspire to. You know, I, I say aspire because not all of us are at that level, okay? But it's something that we look forward to. Is This is, um, let's see now, test. It's like, a, what, what, you know, most of you here have been through school, and so when you think of tests, what do you think, what, what is it about? Well, you know, you get a grade. That's the first thing about a test, right? It's, it shows you how good you are, okay? That's one way that a test can be used for, but, but actually, you know, test is, is another way to show what the standards is. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, uh, a, uh, a examinations, or it doesn't have to be um, a way, you know, to, to, to measure yourself, but it also can be a way to point to what is the standard on a test. You know, you are expected to know this, right? And it doesn't have to be always, how do I measure against that? But it can be also, this is what the standards are, okay? This is what you're supposed to do. And so, you know, all of the things that we talked about, you know, from a pure and holy God who wants us, you know, to treat people, you know, like they are his people and they are his image bearer in the way that we conduct ourselves, in the words that we speak, in the way that, you know, we are able to be generous to people because we trust in God and, you know, that we have a standards that reflect who he is, how are we going to do that? Well, the first thing is that you got to know, you know, who you belong to, okay? It's, uh, you guys, uh, I don't know, you guys, some of you guys went to Daiho last time, last week. It was tiring. It was a I think it was kind of a COVID super spreader event, too, but that's a different point, okay? But, you know, actually, the, the other thing that went on, I don't know if you guys knew this, but there was an anime convention, you know, going on at the same time, okay, as Daihoi. And the thing about the anime convention is that people dressed up, right? Like the figures in anime. And... Um, the thing about it is that they truly believe and they act, 
you know, in, with those, I mean, I, I, I saw pictures because actually one of our church members went there, but okay, I took pictures with them, that none of you guys, but you know, and, and the thing that amazed me is how much time and energy that they spend in making these costumes and in acting like the way that the, 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 um, the figures is supposed to act, right? I think the word is cosplay or something like that. Yeah, and so, you know, these guys, they are, I don't know, uh, what's, what's, a, what's, a, what's an anime? I, the only one I remember right now is Naruto, right? <laughs> but, but you're supposed to act like Naruto. You're supposed to dress like one, right, when you're in that. And, and that's the same way here. It's like, do you know, you know, that when you accepted God, that you belong to him and that you're supposed to? you know, identify with God. You identify, you know, as being a Christian. And from those identification, you're supposed to, you know, act in a certain way and do certain things. And then so one of the first things that you have to know is that, oh, I'm not of this world anymore, okay? How to do this is, oh, I actually belong to God now. And the things that I do and the things that I say it's not up to me, but it's because of God and who I'm with, okay? The second thing is that after you belong to God and after, you know, you live with all of these people who are your brothers and sisters, you know, how are you going to be able to treat them nicely? And how are you going to be able to forgive them for all the wrongs that they have done to you? Well, I, I think that the next thing that you have to remember after that you are, you know, God's children is that you are forgiven by God, okay? In the Bible, it talks about a king who has a, it's a parable by Jesus to talk about forgiveness, and it talks about, you know, a, a servant of a king coming to him, and the servant owns the king about 20 years' worth of wages, so 20 years, I don't know, if you're an engineer, how does that work out to be? <laughs> oh, four or 500,000, does that make, does that sound about right? No, more than that. It's a million, right? A couple millions, right? So a couple millions of dollars, right, in debt, okay? And so the, he was pleading and he was crying. The king took mercy on him and forgive him, Okay? And then what does this guy do? Okay, Chuddy works at Starbucks, and um, his wage is much less. And he goes to Chuddy and said, you owe me a Starbucks wage instead of an engineering wage. You pay me or go to jail. He throw this person in jail. And so when the king heard about it, he was very upset, right? Because why? Because, you know, I've forgiven you millions of dollars and here's a couple of hundred dollars, and you wouldn't forgive someone. And, and that's the part where we have to remember it's the same thing. You know, God has forgiven us. The, 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 the amount, uh, the work, the things that have God has forgiven us for, it's in the millions. Okay? And the things that people do to us are in the hundreds. Okay? Now, if you have been forgiven in the millions, can you forgive someone who's in the hundreds? 
It's reasonable, right? You have been given, forgiven a lot. The least you can do is forgive someone else, you know, who has done you wrong. And in that perspective, it's a little, not a lot. So we are to be generous, forgiven, and kind. And the last thing is that, you know, in this life, we're supposed to show God's love and mercy so that way, you know, there's flourishing around us, okay? And we are to express God's love. And the whole part is that it's not something that, it's not something that you can do. It's like you can. But the problem is that if you don't have God and his Holy Spirit indwelling within you, it gets very tiring. It gets tiring, you know, to have to be kind to people. You get, you know, you don't want to always love people who are unlovable. And when people wrong you, you want to get back at them. You don't want to treat them kindly. So how do you do it? Well, you know, in a way... It's, first of all, is that you have to have God and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you. It's not about how much you do, but it's how much you have, okay, that you're able to do this. And in, in, um, in my way, the way that I think about it, and I'll, I'll probably, you know, I think uh, Jason has gone through um, uh, a seminary, and so I, I hope I'm not saying something heresy here, but, you know, the way, the way to think about this is sometimes, you know, God, you know, express it, you know, there's water, right? It's, it's water. If you, if you think that there is a whole reservoir of water, and that water is good, and it's life-saving, and it's life-giving, but that lake does nothing, right? What does that lake need to be useful well, you know, not to say that God can't work through people and things like that, and that God can't directly work with a person, but, you know, if you can think of yourself as pipes, okay, where water can flow through, okay, because, you know, water, even if it sits in a lake or in a pond, you know, without a pipe, it's very hard to use water. You got to carry water. You know, you got to, you know, it's buckets of water, and it's not very convenient. And it's hard to get drinking water and all of that stuff. But if you have a pipe of water, you can carry water to anywhere it's useful, okay? It, it, it can be to a bathroom, but it can be to a kitchen, and it can be to, you know, a place where you're watering the lawn, Okay? So, so you, if you think of yourself as a conduit of God's love, okay, where you're able to carry God's love, mercy, and grace to wherever it is that is needed, okay, that's, 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 the, that's how you flourish. But, but what does water in a pipe do? Yeah, it's not very useful. Water, still, it's just in the lake. Unless the water flows out, you know, unless the water, you know, a water sitting in a pipe is still the same as water in a lake. But water, when it runs out, okay, then it becomes useful. 
I'm going to keep going with this analogy, okay? Is, okay, how does water run out of a pipe? Okay, it's got to have water pressure, okay? It's got to be building, and it's got to be, you know, in there for it to flow out. Because, you know, if there is no water pressure, it ain't flowing, even if there's water, right? It just stops. And so that's the whole part that I think that you think think about, is that, you know, it's when God and, you know, the Holy Spirit works within you, then there's this pressure. There, there is this thing where you have to do all of this. It just flows out of you. You do have to say, I'm going to let it flow, right? But, but then it naturally comes out. You know, the grace, you know, the kindness, the encouragement, the generosity, you know. And that's how you know that God is working within you and that you are a new person, okay, is when you can see these things. And it's not because of what you do, but it's because of the water pressure inside of you that allowed this to flow out here. So as you live, you know, your new life in God and his grace and mercy flows out, that it should flow out to the people, and it should oh, it comes from an overflowing and not necessarily a work that you do. Your new life, yes, you do have to do something about it. You do have to change your way. You have to do, change your mind about who you are and who you belong to. But then all of this is what the Holy Spirit does in you when you're a new person, okay? The kind word, you know, the generosity, the way that you treat people, okay? Don't lie, don't steal, right? It, it comes from, you know, what God is doing inside of you, not something that you do externally. And that's how you flourish. That's how flourishing works, okay? When you live a new life, you have these standards, you know, that God has placed in you, but then do you have to work at it? Yes. But then it comes from a heart of wanting, right? You want to live that life that is pure and holy, okay? You want to live a life that please God, okay? You want to imitate, you know, Jesus, okay? It's not about uh, I have to work at this because life is so hard. But it's I want to do this because of how happy I am of how I feel, of what has been, you know, the weight that has lifted me because, you know, I am free, okay? And that's how you live a new life, by relying on God's grace and power, not by how much work that you have to do. Let's pray.